Welcome to Dear 20-something. I'm Erica, and I'm a 20-something social entrepreneur who is navigating the ups and downs of being in my 20s. Dear 20-something started because we wanted to create a space for ambitious and curious 20-somethings to connect with the successful woman they most look up to. The 20s can be a time full of questions and doubts we process internally. Dear 20-something is a space where listeners can hear insights, ask questions, and ultimately get advice from the woman they most admire. Today on the show, I am so excited to be chatting with Shira Lazar. Shira is the founder and CEO of the Emmy-nominated digital media brand, What's Trending. In 2018, she became the host of the afternoon drive show, Let's Go There, weekdays on the first national LGBTQ station, Channel Q Syndicated and on radio.com. While in quarantine in April 2020, Shira launched Peace Inside Live, a wellness community and platform offering virtual classes, workshops, and retreats. Peace Inside Live is constantly working to break down the barriers of entry to make tools for well-being accessible for all via community experiences and workplace programs. As a leading broadcaster and interviewer in the digital space, Shira has been the face of the biggest live streams on the web from award shows to red carpet premieres, including the Oscars, the Grammys, Tony Awards, among many others. She has also been named one of Fast Company's most influential women in technology, Huffington Post Women in Tech to follow on Twitter, honored on the Variety Women of Impact list and Synopsis Top Women in Digital. I can't wait to chat with her and share her story with you now on Dear 20-something. Please welcome Shira Lazar. Hi, thanks uh, Thanks for having me and hello everyone on Fireside. Thank you so much, Shira. It's so good to meet you and, and chat today. So we're gonna start this show with a light, fun question and then we're gonna get into the meat of it. So the okay. first question I have for you is, what is something new you learned this week? Uh, it can be a new business you're excited about, maybe an interesting fact you learned or a conversation you had. What was a highlight this week, something oh new you learned? I, um, oh, I did, I'll tell you. This is a question though, um, me and my boyfriend ask each other every day. Uh, when we see each other at the end of the day, we usually ask like, have you learned anything today? Because it's something that we think is really important. Um, so I guess this week I learned that Doritos are flammable. Who knew? <laughs> Interesting. I feel like the marketing makes you think they are. I feel like they're always on fire or something. I'm doing, to preface, I'm doing this um, series for Snap Spotlight where it's called Trend Trials where we're trying new things. And so, um, you know, we're trying different things like, oh, can you clean a coin with toothpaste? Or can you make cotton candy out of... um, you know, sugar and powdered sugar and all that. And so I learned that, well, one, you can't do that. You need some other stuff with it. But um, we're debunking those kind of viral myths or DIYs that people think they can do. Ooh, I like it. And that's very up your alley. We'll get into it in a bit, but you are the trend queen. That is your thing. Well, I guess we'll get started with the very first question. Let's get right to the beginning. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up and why? Uh, yeah, I wanted to act. I was very into acting when I was younger and performing. And why? I mean, it's it. there's no reason really when you just like something. I just found joy in it. And I loved performing in front of other people and being, I think, just being playful. And there was, it, was, it was fun because, you, yeah, you got to be someone else and... When I would go to classes, I would meet so many different interesting people of all ages. And so, yeah, I really wanted to 
act and perform when I was younger. And you could say a bit of what I do is performance related, but it involves more being myself. Um, I ended up doing more of that because when I was, when I started acting when I was younger, like in high school, I actually got a big manager and all that. And I just really didn't like the audition process. And I didn't really, uh, I felt like very judged in the casting process. And so I found broadcasting and hosting, uh, it took that pressure off a bit where I felt like I could be a bit more myself and the power was more in my hands than, you know, reading other people's scripts or doing that process. And so I was able to be in front of the camera, but just in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a bunch of sense. When you were younger, did you do shows? I can imagine you probably had your own little radio show at home or like dances for your family. What, what was that like when you were younger? Did you do that yeah. kind of acting and performing? Yeah, I was, I was the musical theater acting kid and I was doing it in my school and outside my school doing community projects. And uh, in high school, when I got a manager, I actually started auditioning and uh, doing a lot locally in Montreal because there was a growing in, like TV and film industry there. And so I got to do a bit of professional stuff as well. And then I kind of had a, the bug for, you know, being more behind the scenes. Uh, and then after realizing I couldn't really direct, like directing wasn't really for me, I got more into producing and then kind of found my way into more broadcasting when I saw that was a thing. And oddly enough, I was very into interviewing growing up. Like I was the person that was watching 2020 in Dateline with my mom or talk shows. Like I wasn't necessarily watching, like if not, I might age myself here, I am, but Dawson's Creek or 90210. Like I was the Love it. Still great. Watching. Still great. Yeah, I know. I was watching like unscripted TV and for all my projects, I was doing like fake interviews with people. Like I'd, I'd make my uh, partner on the project, like pretend they were the expert. Or I'd write out the script so I could interview them talking about the subject matter. So it was always something actually I was doing in that way as well. I love that. So, okay. So you talked about how you decided you got, you wanted to pursue more of the behind the scenes, right? And you got interested in broadcast. So I know you then went off to Emerson College and you studied, you know, communications, TV and film. What was that process like? You know, did you like it? And I'm sure with that major, it's very applicable to what you're doing now. So could you tell me a little bit more about that time? Yeah, I went to Emerson College, uh, if there's any Emersonians here. And it's definitely a bit of a trade school, like liberal arts communications. And I studied communications, but back then, there was not a digital uh, that was the case. And then, of course, kind of even a year or two years out of school, it started um, coming up in media and, and happening in media and in uh, entertainment. But uh, so I was, you know, in communication, but then I was doing a lot of, af you know, after school activities or extracurriculars like Emerson's known for that. And I was part of the Emerson channel and building uh, shows like I had like the, the view type of show called the ladies room and they had a good morning Emerson that I was a host for. Uh, and that's a bit where I started like building my knack for hosting. And then when I interned out in LA because they have a big intern program, I was interning everywhere. I mean, I was interning at Ellen for, it was season two. So it was the beginning of that show. And I was interning at CBS news, at the LA bureau, and I was interning at a radio station and the radio show is where the radio personality was also recording a show for a small market in Rochester, New York. And after his nighttime show, he would record for the next morning for this other show. And so I started helping him produce that. And that's 
really the first time professionally I had a taste of it where he started bringing me on air with him. And uh, once I started doing that, he really encouraged me to pursue on-air hosting. And he was like, you have a knack for this. This is something you should pursue. But at the time, I just like didn't understand how you could pursue that. Once again, YouTube and social media wasn't around. And so, um, you know, it was either go to local news stations or and, and work your way up to bigger markets or, you know, audition for E or MTV or Nickelodeon maybe had shows or there wasn't a lot of venues for younger hosts, college sports TV, like maybe um, Channel One News, which if some people grew up with Channel One News growing up. But uh, so it was, you know, the opportunities were few and far between, uh, but I I decided to pursue it because as I was doing my work and uh, I got hired for a job right out of college, the one thing that I just loved doing was on air. And so right after graduating, like after having a few jobs the first year and just not enjoying really doing just behind the scenes, I I decided to put together my reel and really pursue on air hosting work. That's incredible. Yeah, I think, I mean, so much is there. I think one of the main things you said that stood out was that you mentioned this guy noticed you know, at the station that you were good at on-air hosting and he pointed it out for you. And I think what's so important when you're young and you don't really know, you kind of have a lot of passions and a lot of strengths and you don't really know what's what to have those people that are sort of like your guides and your mentors that can say, hey, like, you know, I've been in this industry for a bit and you're pretty good, you know? And it almost like piques your interest and makes you, you know, want to pay more attention and want to dive deeper into that. Yeah, like I, I think, and, and as someone who is now older, you know, and has younger people around me a lot, I think it's really important to encourage um, talent when you see it and to like really support them in growing uh, something that you might see that they might not see, right? And so um, that's the point of, you know, whether you're going to be a, like a, a mentor to them or just help them, like lead them in the, that direction and give them the confidence to see it. It's so key. Um, and even now, like as much as, I'm now older, like I still appreciate people. And this, this goes back to the power of acknowledgement, no matter where you are in your career, whether it be acknowledging your peers, acknowledging someone that may be above you or even older than you, or even, you know, younger, early in their career. Like, I think we can all have doubts at different points in our career and it goes a long way. Like, and of course we get to build our own confidence around ourselves um, and work on our own self-doubt, but it goes a long way for someone to hear that like someone else sees something in them. And I, I think that's something that we shouldn't forget, even if we're later on in our career, we're always kind of taking on new new stages. And so um, I just think that's so important, that power of acknowledgement. Absolutely, yeah, I think I, I couldn't agree more with that. And it's so great to hear that you're continuing to kind of seek out talent and mentor them. I think. It's very important. And speaking about, you know, as interests come up, as you get older, being open to new opportunities, one of the big things that you've been working on is your What's Trending news platform. Obviously, that's, you know, been an extremely successful viral celebrity and digital news platform. What made you decide to pivot and do that? I know you've done hosting for several years and you were really good on camera. And then you decided, okay, I'm going to switch switch places, you know, go behind the scenes, start a business, right? That's a huge shift. So what made you decide to go from that on-air hosting to business and how has that experience been? Yeah, we started What's Trending a decade ago um, and it actually started as a show. So I was I was hosting the show. It was What's Trending with Shira Lazar and 
we launched it originally with CBS News, and when we had a falling out, it kind of forced us to become a business. It was either shut down and move on, but you know we'd worked so hard for probably two years to just launch it that at that point, you know, it was like, okay, do we actually care about this? Is this something we want to pursue? And it was yes, and so you know we kind of built the business as we went. You know, it was like we built the parachute as we jumped out of the plane, unfortunately, um, and. So it did force me to um, start that work more behind the scenes, even though I still pursued my on-camera work and still was hosting our videos and everything. Um, I definitely have learned a lot as an entrepreneur in building it. And uh, and yeah, partially it was out of survival at first. And now I feel like very proud about the fact that we've been around for a decade. So many companies and publishers have come and gone. People have gotten millions and funding and like died off and gone bankrupt and so we've been a bit of i would say we're one of the first and we're pioneers but we're also in a way a bit of a turtle in the race but we've had a lot of ups and downs and many moments that i thought we would kind of move on and shut down and 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 a lot of it was also because you know after many years of doing something and having so many highs and lows there have been many points within the journey of what training that i was kind of done i was just like i I felt like I lost myself a bit in the behind the scenes of it. Um, and the things that made me happy were, you know, doing the work, whether it be like working with others and connecting with people and coming up with ideas and being creative and being on air. And I was starting to, you know, do the, and having to do the not so sexy things, which are part of the work too. Um, and not feeling like I had a lot of support. I was doing it on my own. Um, but I feel really proud that I was still able to push through it. And like at every point when I felt like I couldn't anymore, you know, it was always about like small little things that gave me hope, you know, like it wasn't about those big leaps or big moves that we were making. It was just about like the next day, someone following through on a meeting or like moving forward, possibly, um, you know, sponsoring us on something. And then, I, I, you know, you tell yourself, okay, I guess this is continuing. And those small moves forward and progressions is what creates the bigger leaps. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, I, I, right now we're in a really good place, but you know, I've, I've seen it go in highs and many lows. So I, I'm, it keeps me humble and, and grounded and just very um, in gratitude when we are in a place where things are going well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the nature of being in a business for 10 years and especially in the digital space when it's changing all the time, you know, that's, you know, if it were still the same, like, it, you know, then it wouldn't be interesting and it wouldn't be fun. And I think one of the things that really strikes me about what's trending is you guys were one of the early movers in like the social media trends space. And I think that's what's really crazy. I mean, you started your blog on the scene about social media before Instagram was founded, you know? So how do you identify instincts like that, like emerging trends that you think are going to come on the scene, like social media blowing up in the way that it has? Did you know ahead of time or do you feel like you've pivoted as time has gone on or just gotten lucky? Yeah, I think it's right place, right time, but also instincts. I think I followed... Um, emerging movements and uh, you know if you um go towards communities and and find communities who voice whose voices aren't being heard and like that is the opening for opportunity and possibility and so for me um you know at the time it was the creator movement uh there was a shifting of the guard of 
Hollywood. And I think there was a need for a lot of people to create and that who weren't getting accepted or, um, you know, given opportunities by the mainstream media. So for me, and, and I was one of them, like as much, I, I have so much privilege. I'm a white woman, but yet like I wasn't necessarily getting those opportunities either. I wasn't at the time, like an all American host type of person. Um, if people know me, I, I, I'm not like that perfect host, right? I definitely lean into my imperfections. I feel like I'm a bit more real. I, I had to work at it definitely in terms of perfecting my own craft of hosting. Uh, but I, I felt because I wasn't getting those jobs that I wanted, even though I was consistently working, uh, I was very intrigued by the creator movement and by the idea of like doing it on your own, like not waiting for someone to hire you or giving you the permission to do what you love. And so for me, it's always about like dropping into like, what do you love? And then saying like, how am I going to do this no matter what? And finding the communities and spaces that empower you to do that whenever that is happening to you, you know, in every generation and every time is different and there will be a new platform depending on that time. And so I think the more you um, follow things based on that, the more you'll follow or and, and see what the next thing is. The next thing isn't necessarily like where everyone is at or what's completely accepted. It's the things that are looking um, to be, you know, a place for those who aren't heard and seen. And so that's kind of like instinctively what I gravitate to. And I'm also just, I'm intrigued by and curious by and excited by. We see that, you know, as crypto came up, it was to like say, you know, fuck capitalism in the way even though it's created its own, but it was like, fuck the system, fuck the traditional banking system. You know, once again, YouTube was like, fuck traditional media, excuse the F word. Um, uh, you know, now NFTs was like, also, it's like a new way for artists to um, gain control over their art, right? And also other and creators. So we're creating a new type of um, new types of systems. Um, and so I think that's always like where, where you got to follow, but you also have to be interested in that. Like you, I could say like, just do this, but if you're, it's not something you're interested in, then, and that's all good, then you're not going to necessarily see it or feel it. Right. Um, it's a, it's a mixture of those things, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a bunch of sense. One thing that that reminds me of is, you know, quarantine hit and you decided to, after being, you know, all your years of hosting and broadcasting, you decided to start a wellness platform. And so I'd love to know why did you start it? How has it been going and what you guys do? Yeah. Um, and kind of, it connects back to, you know, not, it's not just following a trend, but it's like, what is a problem and where are people finding solutions and kind of moving towards those people and those platforms. And, um, for, for me, as I've been going on my own journey of personal growth, uh, you know, I myself have, tried to figure out ways to find more inner peace and find inner joy and, uh, you know, not necessarily uh, be attached to the things that I can't control or the things that I perceive as happiness and success or I have. And I, and for me, it really came down to, you know, because of a lot of the highs and lows of what's trending and like going through a lot of anxiety and probably bouts of depression with that, I was like, I have to get connected to something more like, and, and figure out why I'm so unhappy, 
you know, and like, because this isn't working, this isn't sustainable. And so Peace Inside Live really was started from the, that journey of working on myself. And I started it with my friend Jordana, who I went to Everest Base Camp on a trip through the Himalayas with two years ago. We've been friends for many years. Um, she's a facilitator, meditation coach, yogi, all that fun stuff. And, you know, as the quarantine began, she got stuck in Thailand. And after our trip, and this is before the pandemic, we had been starting to co-create a lot and collaborate a lot, bringing, uh, these types of conversations about wellness and mindfulness to my platform where typically I hadn't talked about that. You know, people were used to me talking about social media culture and uh, trends and pop culture. And yet I was having a lot of these conversations behind the scenes. And so after my trip, it really became clear, like I really have to start living my truth and not creating these silos for who I am um, and sharing that with people because it's, if it's valuable to me, the hope is it's valuable to other people. And it allows also me to really live in my truth by speaking it. And so, um, when the pandemic hit and Jordana was stuck in Thailand, you know, a lot of things stopped and she was supposed to do a retreat. And when she couldn't do it in person, we did it virtually. And then that kind of became the beginnings of the idea for Peace Inside Live, where after that went really well, we were like, wow, why don't we do this daily? And so we decided to build out really just like overnight, a virtual hybrid studio and bring together facilitators from around the world who do different modalities that help you find peace inside literally and figuratively. And um, yeah, we built it starting a year ago. And we've since had, you know, virtual workshops, virtual retreats. Uh, We work with companies doing corporate wellness, bringing wellness into the workplace. For every hour we spend with a for-profit, we donate an hour to a non-profit. And so, yeah, it's been a really interesting and fun time, you know, diving into the space that I myself am super passionate about and constantly um, looking at as, uh, as a way to work on myself. And what better way to work on yourself than to constantly put yourself in spaces where you need, you get to do that, right? It's like, there's no, there's no way around it. If it's also part of the work I'm doing and what I'm bringing to others. I love that. Like infusing a bit of humanity and reflection in your platform as a creator. I think that's really wonderful. So one thing that I'm curious about is your ability to balance all these different projects. You're someone who, like we've talked about, authentically goes for things that you're passionate about and you balance a lot of different things, hosting gigs and what's trending and Peace Inside Live. And how do you balance that? And what are some of the ways that you would recommend others find balance and and structure their time in a way that they can do everything they want to? Uh, yeah, and I haven't figured it out. I'm constantly working on it. And the minute sometimes I'm like, yeah, I got it. I'm like, oh, maybe I don't, you know? So, and I'm, I'm not the type of person that will be like, this is what I do. And this is how you'll figure it out and solve and change your life. Like I, I, I kind of, I hate that because one, not everything works for everyone. Um, and we all have such nuanced lived experiences. And so, uh, so what, you know, what works for me is definitely like awareness. Like the first step is if you're aware of balance or harmony and you're even questioning that and looking at that in your life, I feel like that's a big step um, instead of walking blind. Um, but definitely like sleep is really important to me. Um, I can't go a few days like without getting, you know, enough sleep. Like I'm a, 
uh, probably like a seven hour average person. And then on the weekends, if I haven't gotten a lot of sleep during the week, I definitely catch up. Um, because I know I can't do what I love doing and show up fully if I'm if I'm not feeling like myself. And so the minute I feel like I'm not be feeling like myself and I'm not, yeah, showing up um, in the best way possible for me, and I'm not being an integrity to what I who I am. Um, that's when I step back and I really look at like, what do I need right now? And is it sleep? Is it to go outside? Is it to, you know, have I forgotten my morning routine, which is really important, which includes like, you know, meditation or a gratitude journal or, you know, some movement. Um, am I not, you know, being consistent with the nighttime practice? Am I going to bed too late? Am I maybe drinking a bit too much or eating too late? So I think just being aware of all of that and knowing what, you need that gives you that balance and then setting yourself up to win. So like what, yeah, what does that mean? Like setting yourself up, knowing your nighttime routine affects the morning routine or affects the rest of your day. And like, what do you need to do to win? And then working from there. And I would say like, what, what can you do for, for you? That's not work related. A lot of us get um, lost in our work mode or um, who we think we need to be based on like what we're putting out there as a brand. But like, my hope is for people to experience themselves out of outside of what they always put themselves out for. Right. And like, give yourself you time, like a date with you or like, what is, what do you like doing when it's not your work and who are you? Like, who, you know, who, who is Erica, right? Like beyond what you do. And I, I think those are questions that are really important to ask yourself. Um, and even like, you know, balance could be taking in, time out for you and your partner as well. So it's it just about, it doesn't just happen on its own. It's about being intentional about it. Like me and my partner have a Wednesday date night. We know every Wednesday midweek check-in that allows us to create balance in our relationship because, or else we're, you know, every day during the week it's working. And so it's not just like we're checking in with each other on the weekends. Um, but definitely for me, uh, a morning and night time routine has helped. Um, and then being honest with myself about when I'm feeling things, like not ignoring my feelings. That's so powerful. And I think it, there's there's different things for everyone. You know, we all have those habits that help us get grounded. And it's so interesting hearing what works for you. And I love the calendar invite idea. I feel like I'm sometimes too dependent on my calendar to remind me to check in. But like, it does work, you know? And I think the big part you say is awareness, but almost like what are those cues that help you be aware, you oh, know, because yeah. sometimes you can get stuck in the grind or, you know, what are those like moments where you realize, oh, I've, you know, alienated this part of my life or, oh, I haven't actually talked to this friend in a while. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm big into putting it in your calendar. Like I'm not going to act like I naturally do things like atomic habits is really great because they talk about, um, the author talks about like, yeah, knowing what cues you need to follow through on something. So, you know, for taking my vitamins every day, putting it like near the sink where I know I put water in my, you know, I might use the, put water in my mouth or after I brush my teeth, I'm going to take my vitamins because it's right next to the sink, right? Or, you know, yeah, if you're going to work out and you're more likely to work out because you put aside your clothes the night before, like, you know, being able to do that. Um, and so, I think that all, all those things are so important because things just don't happen, right? Like it'd be great if they do. Like it's it's great if um, habits become so ingrained in you that it's just like it's there. But 
it's not necessarily realistic for everyone. And it takes time to, to build a habit where it becomes so part of uh, your natural day-to-day routine. I love that. And I love the idea of even like gamifying it a little bit. You got to figure out what works for you, whether it's conveniently yeah. putting things next to each other or rewarding yourself after, but like everyone's different and you got to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Like I know I love, like I have a, a jogging route that I, where I jog to this cafe I love. And so like that helps me do it because I'm like, oh my God, I like it becomes, yeah, a little gift to myself at the end of the jog. That's what life's all about, right? I've got to make the little moments more fun. Well. We're on our last question, and then we're going to open it up for a Q&A. So this is the last question of every show, and it is, if you could say one thing to every 20-something in the world, what advice would you give them? I would say your, um, you know, your authentic self is your gift. And so that's the thing you should focus on for your success versus trying to be someone you're not or someone who you think you should be. And so like lean into really who you are because that's where you, you can fly and thrive. Love that. That's so powerful, Shira. Thank you so much. And you're, you know, you absolutely have exemplified that by gaining a following and being a host by being your authentic self. So well, if anyone needs an example, they can look at you. I appreciate it. But let's be clear. Like I'm still every day f- working at it, at, you know, at being myself. I love that. It's all part of being authentically human, you know? We're all just figuring it out, but you've done such a great job of doing that. Well, now it's time for the Q&A portion of the show. So as a reminder, we will take a few questions from the audience. Okay, let's see. I'm going to bring Joy up. Joy? Hi, guys. But thank you so much for sharing all of your stories, Shira. Um, Sounds like very much you have just nailed your your work and um, you're really working on integrating all the life lifestyle stuff which I guess is my journey that's what I've been doing in the last um, two years because I didn't think about it in my 20s yeah thank you Sydney's former stage manager Sydney Opera House Nerds of Joy podcast producer that's awesome awesome thank you so much Joy let's see hey Danny thanks for being here <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Well, thanks so much for being here. This is so fun to listen to my first fireside as well. I'm just so fascinated by um, a lot of people who are making it in the entertainment industry, business industry. Like, there's so many industries to get into. I'm someone who did the pre-med path, so I never had the chance to explore all those different things you can do in your life besides be a doctor. Like, it was very linear for me. Just, like, do well in pre-med classes, get into med school, and that was it. Um, But I'd love to just hear, like, in your undergrad experience, if you were ever struggling to figure out which path you wanted to pursue, um, because there are so many options and so many jobs out there, it must be really hard to try to figure that out when you don't have that, like, path. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I did communications, uh, but what was crazy is, like, a lot of my classes at the time at Emerson, because I grew up in Montreal and we had CJEP, which is, like, a pre-university I'd done a lot of the introductory classes. So it was crazy as I graduated in two years because um, they kind of like just accepted a lot. Of, it wasn't just the credits. They just saw that I was, they saw the syllabi, whatever the, uh, of the classes. They're like, oh, it's almost the same. So in one meeting, I basically skipped a year. It was like, or yeah, like, and it was crazy. Uh, and so one, it, I could have stayed longer and then maybe, maybe minored in something. And the one thing I really wanted to do more of was radio, which is an 
really cool and fun because now I am uh, doing radio or you could say audio a lot, right? Radio feels like so old school, uh, but it was, um, it, it was challenging. However, it, it made it easier because I, I knew at the time, I think it's harder now. Like at the time it was like communications or like communications for policy, kind of more like political communication, or it was like arts. And so I knew I wasn't like gonna, I, I wasn't the time pursuing arts and then I wasn't necessarily doing uh, political communication, even though now it seems kind of interesting. So it was more obvious, whereas I feel like now there's so many things to try out. And I think it's nice how some colleges now allow you to create your own uh, degree. And I think that allows you to be a bit more custom with it. And there, you know, you could search and find colleges that allow you to do that too. Um, but what's also cool is that you don't necessarily need a degree anymore to like pursue things unless it's of course law or like, yeah, public policy or medical, et cetera. And so I feel like it's, it's allowing a lot of more people to just do what they want to do versus you like education being a limitation or accessibility in that way. That's awesome. Thank you, Shira. I'm sitting here thinking like maybe Danny should have like a, a Dr. Oz type show, like a medical hosting something. There's a, maybe a world where we can blend them. I think that could work. A lot of the people I feel like that have innovated or created like such incredible opportunities for themselves, it wasn't like there was a job or position like that before. Like they literally created it. And that was similar to me. Like when I worked at CBS News, there wasn't a job opening for a vlogger at the time or someone that pursued internet culture. Like the idea of internet culture wasn't a thing. But I leaned into like what interested me. And so I was just like, and it wasn't perfect. And it's still, as, as I continue, even, and I pursue new things, like it's never about perfection. It's just about like, how do you take steps, baby steps every day to lean into that more and more that curiosity to pursue things that just, that brought me joy has really opened up a lot of opportunities and actually created positions that were not even there or jobs that had not even been there in the past. That's incredible. I mean, I think it just really takes knowing yourself, you know, like knowing deep down that you really like certain things and having the confidence to create your own position. Cause I think that's, that's spot on. And that makes a lot of sense. But I think a lot of people are like, I think I like this, you know, I think I, I like this, but I don't know if I could go and say, Hey, I'll be the best at it. Create this for me. And I think that can sometimes be difficult. Because I think we need to stop at thinking about like, am I going to do this? Cause I'm going to be the best at it. If you think about, am I going to be the best, then it's already um, a bit of a, like, uh, a path that you're already creating so many expectations around and judgments around so that you're always going to be comparing yourself to others. Like, do it based on what you feel is right for you and then allow the journey to reveal itself and just do the best you can every single day uh, versus saying, am I going to be the best compared to others? Be the best that you can be for you in that space. If you do that the other way, you're going to be burning yourself out and like a million bucks, like five years in or 10 years in, you're going to be done. And like a lot of the times when I had my darker moments, even in what my work, it was because I was like, I don't feel like I'm the best and it sucks. And that is a sucky feeling. And of course, like you, you want to go into something knowing that you are putting your best foot forward, but I think it's about really knowing that you are doing your best and it brings you joy. And that's, that's what leads you on that path. 
No, I think that's it. I think that's so powerful. And it's, it's a great reframe. You know, we don't always think that way. So I think pausing and readjusting, it's not about being the best, but enjoying what you do and knowing that that's enough is really important. And that makes you sometimes really good at what you do. So you're going to put your all into it versus getting into something because, okay, I, I have a knack at this and I feel like I'm better than others. Like, I feel like that's just something you're going to end up dumping and pursuing something else like later down the line. Uh, but I think once again, and, and, and Gary Vee will say this, like there'll be a year you might be really into something and it feels right. And then like the following year, it's, it's not feeling like a fit. And sometimes that is a, a challenge in terms of like, how much do you really want to pursue this? And it, like, are you willing to fight through the moments that you're not like fully ecstatic about it? It's like a relationship or is, is that telling you that, you had a period with that thing and you're, and it's okay to move on to the next thing. It's okay to say, Oh, I'm, I thought I was gonna be a real estate person. It worked for two years of my life or five years, but now I'm on a new chapter. And like, I, I'm able to use that expertise and those skills into something new. That's okay. The biggest mistake we could do is holding onto something because we thought this was our life or it was like part of this identity attachment and story we had about who we are. And when we think about it in terms of enjoyment today, rather than how, you know, we're going to turn out in the future, what it used to be, it really helps, I think, reframe too. Like in, in this moment today, you know, this week maybe, does this bring me joy? And I think it applies to all things, like even relationships, you know, does this relationship still serve me today? And that helps make decisions with your best interest at heart rather than what you think you should do or what society says you should do. And listen, we have, there's sometimes moments, and this is a reality where you need to like, you're like, okay, I, I got to pay my bills. Like I'm in survival mode. And like, you make the best out of the situation in the moment, knowing that like, Hey, I'm going to do this while, while prepping myself on the other things I want to do. Right. And every extra moment I, you know, you have, and that's okay too. Right. Like, so it's not about just dropping everything and then just pursuing that, you know, sometimes like I can tell you how many times I've, I've worked on things that I knew I was growing from, or maybe I was really into it at a certain point And I'm like, I'm not feeling, or I'm a bit conflicted by this, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm still learning. Um, I'm still here. And guess what? I'm using now that money to like invest into other things that I want to work on. And so that I I'm not putting myself in a position and, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert's all about this with, um, one of her books is all about, uh, creativity, big magic. And she talks about like the worst thing you can do. And I, I really uh, enjoy this idea is like, um, make your creativity, like depend on your creativity for your money because your creativity should be there to be creative. When you start using it um, and leaning onto it for your survival is when you'll, you'll find yourself not creative anymore. Like I never tell people to quit a job just to write a book or whatever. I say, if you can have your job while writing your book, then you can really end up, you know, doing what you need to do and saying what you need to say, because you're not relying on that for your survival. You're doing it because it's part of your expression and what you need to get out there into the world. Yeah. And you're writing the book that you want to write, not the book that the money wants you to write, you know? And I think that, yes, of course, it's great if you can get paid for the, your work and your art, but I think a lot of times too, it, it ends up being more authentic when there isn't a paycheck attached and there isn't the pressure of a deadline and a lot of these other things that sometimes can, can make art not yeah. as exciting. Or meanwhile, you're like, you're putting all this pressure on this piece of art of yours thinking like, if this doesn't solve, I've, I have sacrificed everything. And we all know, like, there's only moments where take the leap and like you, you, 
that's part of the journey. But to get, put that much pressure on something and then say it didn't succeed or fail because it didn't reach the expectations is like defeating the purpose of maybe what that was supposed to be, right? And, you know, that first book is part of a path you're supposed to take. It's not the be all end all. You know, how many of the greats or people we um, follow, like their first project is so different than like their 10th project or their 10th thing they, they, put, they put out into the world. I think we need to be kinder with ourselves in terms of how we create. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I'm gonna invite Lindsay on stage. And we'll do one final question. Um, so I'm definitely a 20 something trying to figure it out and I've learned so much from this conversation. So thank you for that as well. Um, I feel like growing up a lot of how you choose your career and what path you want to take is looking at people you admire most. So I was just wondering, Shira, when you were an undergrad, as well as growing up as a kid, who did you admire most and who did you look at and say, I want to be like them? I, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, at the time, definitely when I was coming up, like Ryan Seacrest was the guy, right? He had a radio show. He was hosting American Idol. He had a production company. Um, he was an entrepreneur. I think he was like the first host, um, which once again, this is like old school, but like that I saw a broadcaster that I saw being like an entrepreneur as well. And getting into different businesses and executive producing. I mean, Barbara Walters was that too. Barbara Walters was someone who had been a leading host, um, interviewer, but then also executive produced and created The View. And so, like, those were definitely people I looked up to. And then, you know, it's changed over time. And, and now it's like, there, you know, there's different people who represent different parts of who, you know, what I love and what I want to be. And now I, I don't necessarily look at it as like, okay, there's one person that encapsulates all of that. Uh, necessarily. And so, but yeah, that was definitely, it was like the Oprah's, the Barbara Walters, uh, Ryan Seacrest. Those were really the ones, you know, growing up that I looked up to and coming up. And then, um, you know, as the digital world started and like, I mean, I definitely was like intrigued by whether it be, you know, the I Justine at the time or like Phil DeFranco and the Young Turks, what they were doing and how they had, um, you know, shows and personal brands. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, as like, as we've continued, so many people have built so many different types of careers, you know, even now Liz Plank, I think is amazing. She does a lot around social justice, but is an incredible broadcaster and journalist. And so now I definitely, I'm really inspired by, um, people who are entrepreneurs. Um, and I think use these platforms for forms of expression and community building, but also are very impact based and like understand the, the power they have to give back and make a difference and lead by example. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And thanks, Shira. That's awesome. Can you let everyone know where they can follow you and some of the projects you're working on? Yes. Uh, well, you'd follow me right here on Fireside, of course. And uh, you can, on Instagram um, I and my Twitter, I really keep people up to date with everything happening. I have a live radio show, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern um, on Channel Q. Uh, you can just go to wearechannelq.com slash listen to listen live or on um, 
where podcasts are available. If you search Let's Go There, that's the show, basically. Um, we, we provide podcasts after the show, so we put together, like, the best of. And what's trending, of course, the YouTube channel. But really, everything comes through me. And then at Peace Inside Live on Instagram, we're – um, if you subscribe to our newsletter, just on the site, from you'll see it from their Instagram. Uh, you can keep up to date with all of our upcoming offerings, from uh, virtual retreats to uh, you know other workshops and programs that we'll be announcing very soon. Amazing! So many cool things. Again, thank you so much here for joining. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, please give us a follow over at Dear20Something on Instagram and subscribe on all the podcast platforms.